Take your Bibles, if you would, please, and turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter number 24, for a beginning place. And I'm telling you, God's good to us today. Amen? Well, God's good to us all the time. You know, it's just sometimes we don't recognize that it's Him being good to us, right? Well, it's good, good to be here tonight. Brother Woody, you did such a good job. Just, I'm telling you, just... That piano cracking up like that kind of raises you to a different level, don't it? Huh? I tell you, I, we're so blessed to have our pianist and uh, our accompanist. And uh, God has blessed us in that area. And we're so, we ought not to ever be uh, forgetful. We not ought to be grateful. And we'll pray for them. Amen. Because the, the ladies who plays and Brother Woody plays, they deserve to be paid. Now, I'm not going to pay them, but they deserve, they deserve to be paid. And uh, may the Lord pay them richly one day in heaven, because it makes so much difference uh, in our services, all of you. Now, I want to just give you our theme quickly in Luke chapter number 24, uh, verse uh, 49 and uh, we'll just be in prayer and still pray for our building permit and whatever. That's all that we like starting and taking care of it. Pray for Brother Bill and Andrew as they uh, shuffle between the city and the contractor and me and everybody else. And so just, just pray for the work that it wouldn't uh, proceed. And I, I can't only wait till we get our building and watch our Sunday school begin to continue to grow brother Jim and brother Brian and and uh, brother Josh and all the staffs doing a good job and me and brother Pickett just watching them just watching them we need to get an alarm for brother Pickett's office I'm not sure when I walk by and he's sunk down in that chair real low looking at all them screens in there I'm not sure he's not looking at the inside of his eyelids <laughs> I don't dare bother him. Our theme is being endued with power from on high. Please look at Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. And behold, Jesus said before he went back to heaven, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem... Until you be endued with power from on high. He was speaking to his disciples. He was speaking to the entire church at that time. The only church in existence at that time. And before he sent them out to witness, to win souls, to build churches, to counsel, to minister... He said, tarry ye in Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. I don't think we ought to be saying anything about God to anybody else until we are full of God ourselves. Because we'll hurt more people. Our pride will get in the way. 
Our insecurities will surface. And in attempt to be a good witness, we'll be a bad witness because we've got flesh controlling the witness. Do you understand what I'm saying? Tonight, everybody here is full of something. Ask your wife, she'll probably tell you. Some husband and wives looked at each other. <laughs> Let me show you what I'm talking about. Turn in your Bible, please, to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians, chapter number 2. I want to talk to you tonight about being filled. I'll not say tonight how to be filled. I've talked the last two two Wednesday nights about the necessity of us being filled with God. Now, if you attempt to be filled with God, it won't be long until the devil will come by and test you out. And if the devil doesn't, flesh will wake you up real quick and you'll say, I can't believe I just did that. That means you're human. (laughs) Huh? Nobody can walk around with a full hat all the time. But we ought to endeavor to be walking in the spirit. Now notice if you would please, second, I mean, first Corinthians chapter number two, please allow me to read just a couple of verses. I'll begin in verse number nine. The Bible says, but as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Now look here just a minute. There is no way you and I can describe with the human tongue or conceive with the human ear the things God's got prepared for us. I have not seen, neither ear heard, the things that God has prepared for us. Paul said, I saw things that you're going to experience that's not utterable. Paul said, I saw things when I ascended into the third heaven. I saw things and heard things that it's not lawful for me to tell. What he's saying is, we could not handle it apart from the Spirit of God. Notice the next verse, please. The Bible says, But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now, we receive not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. I wonder how much are we cheating ourselves By not allowing God to reveal the deep things of God to us. See, there's things in this book 
You'll never understand until God reveals them to you. There's things about heaven. There's things about your walk with the Lord. There's things that's precious beyond our imagination that we cannot comprehend without the Spirit of God revealing them to us. Do you understand that? Would you let that sink down real good? Let's read those last few verses again. Because I don't want you to miss this. Because if you miss this, you're not much different than a guy walking the street that don't know one thing about God. You'll be quick-tempered, insecure, jealous, shallow, mean, mad, and glad. Without this, we're no better than the guy down at the honky-tonk tonight. We'll miss church. We'll take it lightly of what God wants us to do. Let's read this one more time. And it's not because I haven't studied. It's because we need to see this. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Have you ever read a text over and over and over and over? And to you it's just ink on paper. Then one day you're reading it. And all of a sudden, pow, you understood. God opened it to you. It was a window of glory, a taste of heaven. And you say, well, honestly, I've been reading that for a hundred years. I didn't know what that meant. God just opened a little bit deeper stuff to you. Notice if you would, please. But God hath revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things. Yea, now watch this. The deep things of God. I did not come up with the term deeper life. God did. I did not come up with the deep things of God. God did. And the reason we don't understand them because God is not in control. And if I were God, I would not give me anything that might make me dangerous if I'm going to use it. I'm afraid God couldn't trust some of us with his power. Because in our anger and in our pride and in our hurt and in our hostility, we'd hurt somebody with the power of God. Come on now, don't get mad at me. The Bible says, for what man knoweth the things of God, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, 
that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now, John spoke about it in a different way. If you'll turn with me, please, to John uh, chapter number 7, if you would, please. John chapter number 7, talking about and being endued with power from on high, being filled with the Spirit. Not only being filled with the Spirit, but walking in the Spirit. Not only just being filled with the Spirit. See, I'm not interested in speaking in tongues. I don't think God's interested in me speaking in tongues until I learn to control the one I have. I really don't need another one until I understand how and when it's appropriate to use the one I have. Has your tongue ever got you in trouble? Has your mouth overloaded your capacity? If it has not, come to me and I'll help you with that. Because I can tell you it'll happen sooner or later. Now look at this, please. In John chapter number 7, John expressed it this way. Now please don't look at me like a calf looking at a new gate. Let's just settle down tonight to the fact that if our heart is filled with the things I talked about this morning, we need a good dose of the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God. God said this morning he'd give you a new heart. God said this morning he'd give you a new spirit. Didn't he say that? And I just wonder tonight if maybe some of us might need a new spirit and a new heart. Now listen, let me read for you, if you would please, allow me to do this in verse 26 and 27 of John chapter number 15. If you do that, please. John chapter 15, verse 26. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. You want to know more about Jesus? Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you through the Word of God. And as you read the Word of God that just looks like a page, one day the Holy Spirit will open a prophecy or a predicament or a situation that Jesus can take care of in your life. And ye shall, and ye shall also shall bear witness because Ye have been with me from the beginning. Let's pray. Our Father tonight, please, in just these moments, help me to embrace the truth tonight. Help me not to just be speaking about something and not experiencing it. And Lord, I pray you'd bless our good church tonight and the good folks that are here and teach us something we might take home with us that would make us better folks. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. May I make a statement? You cannot teach what you do not know any more than you can come from someplace you have not been. Did you get that? You can't teach what you do not know any more than you can come from a place you have not been. I am just saying tonight it is absolutely impossible To live the life that God has for each Christian without what I'm talking about tonight. It is absolutely impossible to be a happy, fulfilled Christian without what I'm talking about tonight. Most of us. Could live the life we're living 
if God died. We are in complete control. If we, if we do not want to go to church, we stay home. We make excuse we're sick and then get up with snot all the way to your kneecap and go to work the next day. You are in control. Most generally, we say what we want to say. To whom we want to say it to, no matter who it hurts. I wonder tonight if we even realize that there is a holy spirit. I wonder, has anybody gave thought to the third person of the Trinity since last Sunday evening? Has anybody felt the necessity to embrace, to brag on, to include in our life the Holy Spirit of God this week? I wonder if God just pulled the plug on the Holy Spirit and asked him, To come back to heaven. How much would it affect our lifestyle this next week? I'm not picking on anybody. We just, before we start someplace, we might ought to find out where we're leaving from. See, most of us, don't need the Holy Spirit. In fact, he might be a nuisance to our schedules. Because I don't think he understands the lackadaisical attitude we have toward church. Toward the assembling of ourselves together We have no idea the importance of Hebrews 10 and 25. Where it says we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some are. But exhorting one another. And encouraging one another. So much more as we see the day approaching. Which day? Which day do you think the Hebrew writer is talking about? Maybe it's the day in which we live when Christianity has become so apathetic. So careless about the things that we're talking about. My question tonight is, do you want any more of God? Are we satisfied with all we got? You see, you can't understand the things of God apart from the fullness of God. To try to teach this book without the Holy Spirit of God is like 
trying to be a mechanic when you can't even spell wrench. You understand that? And, I, and, and the Holy Spirit is there for us. God it does not say that the fullness of the Holy Spirit or the power from on high is a special revelation to special Christians. I mean, it's necessity of all of us if we're going to live like God wants us to live. I mean, he's the one that tells us, keep your mouth shut. Y'all not say that. He's the one that convicts us about when we don't say something, we should. He's the one that convicts us when we stay home and watch Lee Roy and Abernathy on the television when service is going on. And that has become so, so lax. I, I was thinking last week, I wonder how many of our Awana teachers miss services. Well, I'll tell you how many are going to miss any more of them. I wonder how many of our Sunday school teachers can't be faithful to the Wednesday night crowd. It's a sad day when I've got to do it instead of the Holy Spirit. But you're not going to teach people around here something you're not going to do yourself. You say, I'll quit. Well, what do you want me to do? Chrome your belly button? I just wonder. If the communist was no more faithful than Christians are. If the Muslims and the Mormons was as lackadaisical about their services and about their work for God as we are, I wonder, to what rate would they infiltrate America? God knows we need something from the outside to make us something we are not. And I'm sorry to say to you, that's the Holy Spirit of God. Many are attempting to live a shallow spiritual life, just barely sliding by. When that's a shame under heaven, there's so much more God has for us. Look, man, I'm not going to quit. It's a blessing to me. Just, uh, you know, I'm 73 and I'm more excited about serving God now than I was when I got saved when I was 26. I mean, I like seeing people saved. I love seeing people get in the Baptist, baptistry. I love to hear people testify of God's goodness in his life. I like seeing people come off those buses with a smile on their face, caring for those little children that a lot of folk don't care a thing for. Hey, I enjoy hearing the testimonies, missionaries. I enjoy hearing about a deacon that's not even in church. He up yonder backslidden in Virginia and he's winning people to Christ. I love to hear that. I just think God cannot, cannot feel a tightly sealed vessel. You ever tried pouring water in a jar with a lid on it? Are you open to God's fullness? You say, well, I'd be filled if God would just do it. You ever try to pour water in a tightly sealed vessel? It's all wrapped up in number one. You see, God cannot pour 
the Holy Spirit into a tightly sealed vessel, nor can he fill a shallow vessel. You see, I, I just believe after I got saved and all these many years, I just believe tonight more important than me tithing. More important than me going soul winning. More important than having a good program in the Joshua Baptist Church. I think there's something that should take priority in my life over all of those things. And I believe it's the fullness. It's the control of the Holy Spirit in and of my life. I'll mess up more in 10 minutes in the flesh than I can build in 10 years in the Spirit. Open mouth, insert foot. I have a master's degree in that. I should be teaching that. And if I do not have something or someone controlling this gene part of me, I'll ruin more in 15 minutes than I can build in 10 years. Can anybody identify with that? One missaid word. One misguided attitude. One forgetting moment. And many of you could end up hating my guts. A good family left one time and said, I, they're leaving because I was preaching in the flesh. That hurt me deeply. In fact, it put me in the hospital. And my wife knows that, my family knows that. But this family hurt me so deeply when they said that I was preaching in the flesh. That the next day or two they put me in the hospital. And uh, they thought I was having a nervous breakdown. But the problem I discovered years later. It was not that I was preaching in the flesh. The problem was I was preaching on the flesh. And they got mad at my preaching. And they left. And we're still here. I'd like to give you three principles tonight. Three principles. I, I, I am done chewing people out for not coming to church. I, I'm not, and I, I am done chasing people and begging them to come to church. If you're waiting me to come and work with you about your problem... You might ought to make a phone call because I'm not coming. Now, if you're hurting and your family needs something or 
or anything, buddy, I will, I will drive across this nation and no expense to you or anybody else. If you've got somebody in, in uh, Las Vegas, please let it be during the week. Because <laughs> I went there on Friday one time and got married and I don't ever want to go back. But there is always a standing understanding that I will fly or drive any place in this country to win to Christ, your mate, your, your, your family, to sit by a bedside, even appear in court. I've done it for years. But I wouldn't walk across the street to beg a Christian to come to church. There's one or two things wrong. Either they're not a Christian and don't want to come to church. And I ought not be inviting lost people to church anyhow. I ought to be inviting them to be saved. So if you're waiting on me, you might ought to call Jim. He's in charge of that. <laughs> Let me give you three principles tonight. Would you please about the Holy Spirit of God? I think it would be a blessing to you. First of all tonight, I want to talk to you about the pouring principle. A principle is a fundamental law that does not change. That applies to other things also. Let me give you a principle tonight, and that's the pouring principle. You cannot pour water into a tightly sealed container. God must have access to our hearts. The very place of headquarters in our life. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. It's not talking about the pump. Although if it was, many Christians would need a Holy Ghost pacemaker. pacemaker. Because most Christians know nothing about allowing God to fill their heart. Our hearts are tightly sealed. Our hearts are rigidly protected. Our hearts are full of, what did Jesus say this morning in the Bible? Out of the heart flows anger and fornication and adultery and all these things. And a heart that is tightly contained and not open will remain filled with those things. And so unless we have our hearts open that God may pour himself in and we come before God and ask God to fill us and we open our hearts to him, he will fill that part of us we'll allow him to fill. He will pour himself. See, pride prevents God from entering because, listen to this, there is a pouring principle and you cannot pour uphill. Have you ever tried to pour anything uphill? It don't run uphill unless you and I humble ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, we're just like we are. We need you. We, our heart is rotten. Our heart is filled with this. We're lazy. We're, we're just absolutely not. Unless we humble ourselves, God cannot pour himself into us. Because you can't pour anything uphill and proud people 
are always better than anybody else. I don't need three services a week. I don't need this. I can join a church of my choice. I, 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 I. God don't work with people who's full of I. Ginge and I in our relationships to one another. If God is not involved in that relationship, I'm telling you, we'd kill each other. I'm, I tell you, we would absolutely, we are built in such a way that we would absolutely, we don't have to get a divorce. If somebody ends up and says, Ginger Kale, the preacher, say, I, I knew it was going to happen because I told you. But she come out of a relationship of being beaten and whipped and beaten and whipped until she just got tired of being beaten and whipped. So she started fighting that idiot back. And he's bigger than me. So I'm in trouble. You say, well, preacher... But what's that got to do with things? Sometimes, all the time, we bring our past when we get saved. We bring our past with us. Well, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm just not going to trust God with my heart. I've been mistreated. I've been abused. I've been, somebody told me one time that, I was ugly or that my breath smelled or my nose was crooked or my hair was falling out. Hey, shake hands with another one. What you need to do is turn that loose and open your heart to someone who won't beat you. Someone who won't lie to you. Someone who won't hurt you. And let God pour the Holy Spirit into your life. But now he can't pour himself into our life uphill. If we have all the answers, we don't need God. If we've been there and done that, we don't need God. So it's your choice. But God won't pour himself uphill unless we are willing to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and open our heart. And if we open our heart, we too will see how desperately deceitful and wicked it is. It don't surprise me about school shootings. That's been going on ever since time began. It's just they didn't have guns. They had swords and knives and spears and clubs. There's been genocide ever since there's been a man on the earth. The Jews have been experiencing genocide for thousands of years. 
That's what man is capable of without God. Well, I, I would never do such things. Don't you dare say, let him thinketh that he stand, take heed lest he fall. Because if the scripture's right, then let's, if the scripture is right, does anybody believe the scripture is right? For out of the heart proceedeth the things that God said this morning. Do you have a heart? If you have a heart, Jeremiah said, it's deceitful and desperately wicked. What is going to curtail all the anger and all the hurt and all the past? What is going to curtail that and soothe it over if you won't let the Holy Spirit come in? There is a pouring principle to the Holy Spirit of God. Secondly, there is a flow-through spirit, a flow-through principle. The movement of the Holy Spirit not only requires an inlet, but it requires an outlet. God don't fill us with his spirit for us. God didn't save us for us. It's not about us. Get this. It's about him. And God did not die on the cross to have us die in a Baptist church pew. God did not die on the cross that we might become stagnated, stinking, lazy, apathetic, selfish Christians. God will not pour in us that which we are not willing to pour on somebody else. You see that? God loves us, but God wants glory from us. A light switch that won't work needs to be fixed. A faucet you cannot turn on Needs to be fixed. A horn that will not blow needs to be fixed. Everything has a purpose. And Jesus said, ye are my witness of these things. How is Joshua going to know anything about the deep things of God? When only shallow Christians live in Joshua. How can you talk about heaven if the Holy Spirit is not talking for you? Because you don't know anything about it. How can you explain to someone God's redemption plan if you don't know the redemption plan yourself? We're here not for ourselves. We are here, I think, to bear witness because when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, 
he will testify of me, and ye shall bear witness, because ye have been with me. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? And so I just like to encourage you tonight that the Holy Spirit is likened unto a fresh flowing stream. Out of your belly shall flow what? Rivers of what? Living waters. Let me read you what Jeremiah said, if you would please. And I want to just read this for you. And I'd, I'd like to see you maybe, if maybe Jeremiah didn't have it about right. In Jeremiah 2 and verse 12. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this. And be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, saith the Lord. For my people, verse 13 of chapter number 2. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Do you know the difference in a fresh flowing brook and a stagnated cistern? A cistern is designed to hold water. And in that cistern, it can become stagnated, even deadly. God does not fill cisterns. Selfish, self-centered, stagnated, cold, indifferent, in charge of their own life kind of cisterns. God only feels that kind of person that is willing to be a, a faucet, please, to let the water of God flow from them to other folk. Do you understand that? There is a pouring uh, principle, but there's also a flow through principle. And instead of being a, a generous with their spiritual resources, they become selfish. Lives become stagnated and polluted. And the flow through spirit is stopped. And God does not pour when it does not flow. Here's our problem. I said, here's our problem. Our problem, not that we need psychologists for our kids. Our problem is not that we need counseling with one another. Our problem is, now be careful, I want to be kind, is it's very easy to become stagnated, cold, just a habit. Well, it's Sunday. Guess I better get ready for church. No, it's a little late. Well, I'll go tonight. I don't like Sunday school. I can't sing. Why could I? Why should I sing in the choir? A problem. It is so very easy. 
to become a cistern and a life-given brook. Hmm? Giving is free-flowing. Right? Any kind of hindrance, it quits flowing. Any little bump. Did you see what she said to me? She just fixed her hair like that because she knew I don't like it. But I'll tell you one thing. Tonight, preacher, you, you, you kicked me out of the fire. No, no. You kicked yourself out of the fire. I didn't become stagnated for you. Don't make excuse. If you're cold and indifferent and stagnated, it's because you have ceased to allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you. There is a pouring principle. Can't pour anything that's shut up so tight. There is a flow through principle. God will not fill anybody just for that single person. God fills us to flow through to someone else. Sure wish I'd had time to study. The Spirit is not poured into our hearts, listen, but must be poured through our hearts. Will you listen to me now? The Spirit is not poured into our hearts. The Spirit is poured through our hearts. We are God's instrument on earth. And God saved us to to be flow through Christians. Not self-satisfied Christians. There's a, please don't get mad at me. Because I'm not mad at you. And then there is, number three, I close, a spilled out principle. A spilled out principle. Chapter 15 of the book of John. It says, But when the comforter has come, Whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. Now read for you John chapter 7. And please let me read to you verse 37. And I think you know the verse. John 7 And verse 37, there is a pour out principle where that God is willing to pour himself into us as long as we allow it, him to flow through us. Here's the spilled out principle. In that, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him drink. 
Let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on me, as the scripture saith, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. There is that spilled out principle. Where that you get so much of God, you just cannot contain it yourself. And the love and the grace and the mercy of God just spills all over everybody around you. Fullness of the Holy Spirit is the driving force behind the life that is witnessing for Christ. At least I could say about us. Weave and witness for Christ when we have to force ourselves to do it. Ain't time to shake your head now. It's time to say amen. I said, there's one good thing about this church. We go witnessing when we have to force ourselves to go witnessing. We even witness when we forget to take God with us. I commend that. That's wonderful. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather be the pastor and the director of a moving force than have to resurrect a dead one every week. But wouldn't it be so much better if we went witnessing because we were so full of God We couldn't help but witness. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we were not only poured, not in, but through, and got so much of God, it just spilled over on everybody we know. And then they could say, they recognized that they were ignorant and unlearned men But they took note that they had been with God. I think to the best people in Joshua, I would say, We need more Christians whose cup is overflowing. Who don't bring their problems to church, but take them to the Lord and leave them there. Amen. I wonder what that would do to our home. If everybody in the home's cup was so full of God that it was just spilling over 
on everybody in the house. I'm not very smart, but I just believe it's absolutely impossible to live the Christian life without the principle of pouring. Huh? Letting it flow through us. And just get so full. Brother Ernie called the other day and said that he had won. Call me first and said, uh, pray for me. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to witness to a fellow here where, where I work. And of course, if I don't pray right then. You know what I'll do? I'll lie to somebody and say, sure, I will. And so if you're ever going down the road and you call me and say, pray for me, and I stop right in the middle of the road and you hit me in the rear end, it'd be your fault. (laughs) (laughs) And so I prayed for Ernie. I didn't know how to pray or just open the guy's heart to Ernie's big old smile and the joy he has in the Lord. He called me the other day and he's almost shouting. He's a preacher. That guy got saved. And I'll swear, I believe he become a Pentecost immediately. <laughs> he said that guy got saved and started turning backflips, jumping up in the air, yelling, praising God, just happy as he could be. I said that to say this, probably the closest we've ever come of being filled with the Holy Spirit. The very moment we are saved. Because right then, nothing in the world mattered. Then I just got my sins forgiven. God just gave me a ticket, free ticket to glory. And probably at that time, we was more tuned into God and less tuned into the world and ourselves than any other time probably in our experience. Let me tell you, God would do that again. God would return unto you the joy, and to me the joy of our salvation. If we'd just get tuned into Him instead of tuned in to us. I don't know. I believe our church is right on the verge of turning this town upside down for Christ. I'm not running any other church down, and I, I, you know, and I pray for these guys. I honestly do. I don't run around with them, but I pray for them. I believe this church, I believe this town needs a witness for Christ. I believe it needs a genuine witness for Christ. Not one of blowing up, and not one of advertisement, not one of look what we did. It's one, look what Christ is doing. I think we need what I'm preaching about on Sunday night. And you know, the only thing that stops us from being filled with His Spirit is our pride. We already have arrived. We've been saved for a hundred years. And I hadn't been to the altar in a hundred and five. But try it. You may like it. Lord, here am I. Feel me.